Welcome to the Digital Public Relations Podcast, covering news and trends in the digital space. Produced by the students in the Public Relations Program in the School of Media and Journalism at Kent State University. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Swiftly Strategized, where we talk about the pop star's PR genius of Taylor Swift. My name is Katie. And I'm Josie, and today we're going to be really digging into the social media evolution of all of Taylor Swift's social media accounts. They have gone through quite the journey in these past 10 or so years. Yeah, and there is one big landmark moment that kind of changed it from a relaxed brand to a more conventional, here's my music, and this is how I'm going to sell it brand. So let's get into it. So Katie, where were you on National Snake Day? I literally don't remember. Like, it wasn't super significant for me yet because I didn't become, like, a massive Swifty until folklore. So I can't remember. I could tell you exactly when Zayn left One Direction, though. That is crazy because I could tell you, like, exactly where I was National Snake Day and everything, like, leading up for it. So Snake Day was in the summer, and I just, like, vividly remember just scrolling through Twitter and seeing all these snake tweets And, like, Taylor Swift getting all this hate, and I was just feeling really sad because I've been a fan since kindergarten. And then everything leading up to that, too, I have this such vivid memory of sitting in my eighth grade math class defending her to, like, end on end. Like, she was my girl forever. I was like, she did not do this. Like, why would she consent to this? This is crazy. And that's when it was, like, kind of, like... Not embarrassing, but, like, you didn't really tell people you were a fan. So it was, like, really brave of me to do that. So if you're confused about what we're talking about, let's dive in and talk about it. To get started, everyone kind of knows that there's some beef between Kanye West and Taylor Swift. It's been an ongoing thing, and it really started in 2009 at the VMAs because he went up on stage, he stole the mic from her, and he was like, hey, Taylor you did great, whatever, but Beyonce deserved that award. And that was really insane for Taylor because she was a baby to the industry. It was only for her second album, Fearless, and so she didn't really know what to do there. But flash forward to 2016, nothing really happened in that, like, seven-year time frame. They were, like, talking about each other in the media, and they weren't really saying anything Kind of friendly, but, like, not friends for sure. Yes, and... Then Kanye released a song called Famous, and Famous had the famous line, quite literally, of, I think me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. That makes me, like, shrivel. It makes me shrivel up and die (laughs) every time I hear it. So, obviously, this was kind of a pivotal moment in Taylor Swift's career because It's the same person that kind of, like, terrorized her just a little bit when she was young that, like, now we've hit this point where it's like, oh, my God, he's back again. Get over it. So when this happened, Gigi Hadid and Carly Kloss came to her defense on social media saying, like, this is absurd. Like, Mm -hmm. she would never agree to this. And Taylor did not respond about this until about a month later at the Grammys. This happened in January. The Grammys were in February. And she won Album of the Year for 1989 in 2016, as it deserves. During her speech, she said, I want to say to all the young women out there, 
There are going to be people along the way who will try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. That was a direct, direct stab at Kanye. Yes. She said your accomplishments or your fame. The song is called Famous. Crazy. Connecting the dots. Connecting the (laughs) dots. Wow. So then later in that year in June, Kim Kardashian, Kanye's wife at the time, said Taylor approved the song before it was released, which... Cray. Interesting. Suddenly, Taylor was the bad guy in this situation, but... I digress. Taylor said that never happened, and she approved the We Might Still Have Sex part of the song and not the I Made That Bitch Famous part of the song. So later that month, Kanye released the famous music video, and it depicted a fake Taylor Swift naked. Along with so many other people. Like, it was just, like, a frankly very disturbing disturbing uncomfortable video that like even in today's time because i know like we've definitely loosened up things but like not even for that it was just very unsettling and not even tasteful not a fan in july yes kim released the footage of the phone call and this kind of triggered a lot for taylor swift and her career yes because she actually announced it on National Snake Day. Oh, she released the phone call on yes. National Snake Day. And she tweeted, it's National Snake Day. I didn't know they had a holiday for everyone these days. I mean everything. Yeah. Yes. And so then this happens, and it immediately triggers the hashtag Taylor Swift is over party trending to number one worldwide on Twitter. And as Taylor said in uh, Miss Americana, she was like, do you know how many people need to be tweeting in order to be the number one trend on Twitter worldwide? No, I remember, obviously, since I've been a fan forever, that's, like, what my feed was Mm -hmm. at the time. It was Taylor Swift, and so that was getting picked up, and it was just, like, snake after snake. It was so upsetting. And even along with this, so, like, Taylor's always been, like, the good girl, pop princess, country sweetheart, America's sweetheart. She, like, doesn't get into, like, major beef like this. So this was crazy. And everyone kind of was always like, oh, she's so sweet. It has to be fake. So this was, like, confirming everyone's suspicions about her. And they took it and ran with it. So this caused Taylor to go into hiding for over a year, even going as far enough to leave her apartment in a suitcase so fans did not see her. She didn't post on social media. She didn't go to events. She didn't go to award shows. She didn't release music. A year later, she comes out of hiding, and she deletes all of her posts off everything. of all of her social media. Like, over a thousand posts. Everything. And then posts about her sixth studio album, Reputation. She says nothing about Reputation. All she says is... Just three snake photos seen around the world. I remember where I was that day, too. I was sitting in study hall <laughs> with my friend who was not a slick at the time. And I was, like, losing it. And she didn't quite understand why I was going insane over these pictures of snakes. But now she's also slipped now, and we look back on that moment very fondly. It's, it, she said, there will be no explanation, just reputation. Mm-hmm. There was no explanation for any of it, and that album ended up having a lot of themes of the Kim and Kanye feud. And just, like, how the media treats certain people in certain situations. 
And negative and poor light. Yes. So this event really launched her social media to change into that more of a branded sense and a branded tone rather than her personal Instagram. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about how she used social media before this, though. Right, because I remember being so, so sad when everything was getting deleted because I always loved her Instagram. She was, like, one of the first people I followed when I got Instagram. And I've been thinking a lot lately, since this was the theme of the today what posts she used to do that I, like, loved and, like, were just kind of, like, gems in the pop culture world. And I don't know if you remember this because you weren't, like, deep into, like, Swifty world back then. But she posted a picture of her leg with a cat scratch on it. Yes, Yes. I do remember And her comment was, like, Meredith, you owe me $10,000 or something crazy like that because she has Has, her legs insured for, like, actual money. And her cat scratched it. And, like, real. Like, Meredith owes up. Like, yes. come on, girl. And was Hello. Just, she was just, like, so silly and carefree. What else did she do? She had this picture of, like, her and her brother, Austin and Lord, just, like, posing really, like, fancily after a war zone. She's, like, your newest teen drama. Just, like, very so relaxed. unserious about it. Very, and like, Finsta vibes. So many Finsta like, vibes. So many cat pics. So many cat like, pics. Like, I, you knew she took the photo on her phone oh, and yes. immediately she, posted it no, on No, she Instagram. took it in the app. She used Instagram's cameras. She used their filters. And she just, like, thought of the first comment to come to her head. And she said, post. And it did numbers. It did numbers. It was so good. The cat pics, I miss them. Um, is Meredith alive right now? I would Who love to knows? know. Who even knows? But she was just so, she was just like your millennial aunt. She was so active on Tumblr. She and was. She, yes. She like said she was your millennial aunt on Tumblr. Yeah. She was just so carefree. It was so unserious. She and was lurking everywhere all the time, which honestly, she still lurks. Taylor gang. Taylor It was like the biggest deal if she liked your picture. And like everyone knew that everyone she looked knew. at everyone's pictures. I just feel like her connection to the fans was closer overall. Yeah. Because she was so, just like herself on social media, like, yes, she posted this. It was not true. It was not anyone from her team. Like, she took this. So she took it a step further by having what's called secret sessions. And for every album, she would invite, like, the most dedicated fans who she saw through Tate lurking their Instagrams or Tumblrs or Twitters or whatever. She invited them to her private home, played them her newly released album before everyone else, baked them cookies, Mm -hmm. took pictures with them, told them all the secret special meanings, and just had these really cool secret sessions. And That had to create really good moments with her fans. Yes, it was just so sweet. It was such a big deal. And everyone had the cool stories from it. Yeah. And that actually occurred up until the Lover era, which was, like, post-social media blackout, which is something we don't see as often, and they definitely weren't talked about as much after, like, the whole reputation thing happened. Yeah. So after the whole argument, she became a little bit more Mm brand-focused. It's really more about Taylor Swift and the music. Like, it's not her posting. Yes. And you can tell. And, like understandably so when she was the person posting she ended up getting into some pretty hot water all around to the point where everyone was tweeting that she is over so it can be a little hard to come back from that and Mm so now her posts primarily consist of new releases new drops with like merch drops like different sales um photos recapping her concerts and they're all professional photos too like when in the olden days she just took a selfie using her front camera but Mm -hmm. Now everything's like taken on like 
profesh, yes. camera. Everything is done very well. And even then, it's very overly strategized. Yes. Even when she was doing Midnight's Mayhem with me, there was a reason that she did every single reel explaining the different tracks on Midnight's. And the order, in obviously, the, had a say in it. Yes. Yeah. She is overtly strategized on her social media now, and there is always a reason she'll be posting. That actually reminds me. The a lyric from Mastermind, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's probably what she was thinking when yeah. she wrote that line because she didn't really plan out her Instagram at first. And yeah. it didn't fail per se, but it definitely And that may not be hit. directly about her Instagram. I think it might just be about her, her like, life in general. Life. Yeah, because she's a marketing. very planned person. Yeah. And so this kind of creates a little bit of a disconnect for the fans, but she does a really good job of hiding little Easter eggs for her fans everywhere. Those may not just be on her social media. They could be in music videos. They could be quite literally anywhere. It could be in what she's wearing. It could be in simply the song she sings on stage for surprise songs oh, that eggs. night. She's always leaving a little bit of a crumb for the fans. and But sometimes, is it a crumb or are they crazy? I have a bone to pick with Easter eggs sometimes. Sometimes they go too far, but once you connect the dots, it is really fun to see like yeah. what was an Easter egg or not. Yeah, like a good example of a really solid Easter egg that everybody kind of got right was at the end of the I Can See You music video, there was the sign that was pointing under the bridge that said 1989 on yes. it. So we kind of knew like, okay, 1989 is next and stuff like that. She's been wearing a lot of black lately. It's reputation, the next re-record. We'll see. But that is kind of just... Her social media once was so genuine and personal, and this was even at, like, the height of her most fame at the time, 1989. She was obviously, like, a huge superstar, and then after that, she kind of completely changed her whole plan, I guess, around social media. And entire she's, strategy. Entire strategy is a better word, for sure. And she's still this major superstar. Like, I seriously don't think she's ever really fallen from grace, truly. And I think she's honestly just still on this upward climb. She is. But with, like, the level of her stardom, I think it really... Brings up a lot of questions. It brings up a lot. It makes you wonder, like, how much should a famous person share? And I think even, like, a not famous person should share. Because is there really ever a reason that a million different people need to see certain things in your life? And she never posted anything controversial. But I do think there's a lot of pros and cons. And, like, specifically for celebrities... Since she was so genuine, it was obviously so much fun for fans to see everything. She was just, she really felt like your best friend. Mm-hmm. At times, she was just so relatable. It's like she was just a 25-year-old girl who happened to be really good at singing and songwriting. So that just really helped her personal brand as like America's sweetheart, just a sweet, genuine girl. And I feel like she got to control the narrative more, mm-hmm. too, to an extent. I mean, obviously, it kind of unraveled eventually. But she got to pick what she posted. She got to say, like, look how sweet I am. I'm just just this cute little cat lady. Mm-hmm. Yes. She so did. that was, like, her brand forever. And it also just gave her so many newsworthy moments. Like, she posted that picture of her thigh. It was everywhere. She just posted this picture of her and her cats, Meredith Olivia. It was everywhere on front page news. Yeah. So it obviously had some really good pros, just yeah. personal brand building-wise. Then obviously it also had some cons that we saw. Yeah. So she was open to like crazy scandals based on whatever she posted. Yes. Um, a lot of people thought she was like cringy or embarrassing for trying to be so mm-hmm. relatable because she's this like multi-millionaire at the time. Yeah. Being like hey, a person. Hey, like in my life. Yeah. Which like is a fine, fine line to walk. 
And there's also the idea, like, well, if you're putting it out there, you're going to have an opinion on it, especially someone with, like, millions upon millions of followers. It's going to have an opinion. But then now that she's private, I also feel like there's pros and cons with it, too. Yes. Because now she's a billionaire. Like, she is clearly very salesy. She has, like, a famous person vibe when she does stuff, if you know what I'm saying. And it's just, like, not as close of a connection anymore. So I think it's just you really have to pick and choose what you are willing to give up as a famous person and what's going to be best for your personal brand and, like, the goals and objectives you want to achieve. Yeah, she really, like, took off so much to the point where, like, it became became a little bit, like, uncontrollable. One extreme to another, yeah. Yeah, where they really couldn't control what was being said about her and even how it was being said about her. This leads to, like, a really big portion of misinformation. Mm -hmm. So something we didn't mention before is that the phone call that Kim released was actually edited. So once the original phone call got released in 2020, everybody realized, like, oh, Taylor she was always America's sweetheart. She's she wasn't right lying. The whole time. She wasn't lying to us. And that has and so, so many like ethical and like potentially legal implications yes. along with it. And nowadays, especially like this happened in 2016 when they were editing audio, and that happens all the time now. People mm-hmm. are always changing photos. They're always using AI or oh, new technology AI. to change and edit photos and video and audio and everything. And this really just kind of proves how, like, Taylor and her PR team really needs to cover all of her bases. It's really interesting how this evolution has, like, changed fans so it much. Is. And, and we are just honestly slowly seeing her become more personal, I feel like. Yeah. Not in major ways, but, like, you see she's, little crumbs here yeah, and there. Yeah, she's a little bit more personal on stage now than she oh, used definitely. to. Oh, definitely. And potentially, like, TikToks, too. Yes. She's kind of, like, you can tell, like, oh, she made that TikTok. She switched up her strategy in the way that she relates to her fans mm-hmm. personally, which I think was a good move for her. She's grown to completely new levels of stardom that we've literally never seen oh, yeah. Yeah, if you thought 1989 was her peak, you should see her yeah. in 1989, Taylor's version. It's right. crazy. Like, it's, she gained so many new fans. She gained so many new fans. Yes. The release of Folklore and Evermore really just, like, spiraled out of control. The reason why she's so powerful and she does such an amazing job is because she's not afraid to switch that brand up. She's excited to do new things. She's excited to try new ways to interact with mm-hmm. fans. She and adapts so I well think, to the yeah. current ever-changing like social culture of the yeah, world. I think the way that she's adapted from before the Reputation feud to now has been perfect for the way that her brand has needed to move. And honestly, I'm really proud of her from bouncing back and not falling from grace the way that we thought she was Mm -hmm. going to. It's a true testament to her stardom, the fact that, like, she's not just a pop star of, like, the 2010s. She's going to be, like, I mean, quite frankly, she's going to be, like, Michael Jackson Beatles level eventually just because of... I would, like, I would say we're already there. Yes. Especially, like, specifically the Beatles. Maybe not Michael Jackson, but, like, she's there. She's broken the barriers. Mm -hmm. She's going to be the biggest star of our generation, that's for sure. Yes, for sure. So, well, thank you for tuning in. That's kind of all we have for everybody today. We would love to hear your feedback. Let us know on our social medias. Yeah, tell us your favorite old Taylor post. We love to reminisce on the olden days. We'd love to hear about it. Well, thanks for tuning in. I'm Katie. And I'm Josie. And And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, share, or send us your comments on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. Find us on Twitter using the hashtag PROnlineChat. We're looking forward to hearing from you.